talking about Rodgers that much? Is this something that I've been doing to the point? In Chicago, and he's doing this. I mean, that is what Bobby the Brain Heenan would call a ham and egger move. What the heck's going on in Champaign, Illinois with Brett Bielema? They, they have a real shot to get to. Frazier's got it! And the Big Ten Championship is in Champaign! <laughs> rush the floor! And now, broadcasting live and local. From the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. We're going to sneak the Cardinal thing in here. It's just laughable. Season's over. I'm done. And Eric Fry. Carson Wentz was down with the sickness as he's dealing with an illness. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. out there and happy start of the week happy monday to you happy overreaction monday it is november 13th 2023 and what's happening everybody here we are the starting lineup travis sparks eric fry here of course and we're here for the next hour here on espn radio and uh, coming up for you here we got a good show of course the lineup for you as always on a, a post weekend we have the top three moments from the uh, sports weekend as always we'll hit up on uh, some uh, local sports uh, that happened uh, this weekend uh, up in state in a volleyball see you where uh, st anthony uh, finished up where Lincoln finished up and uh, the uh, volleyball season came to a close uh, there. As one season comes to a close, another is just beginning. As we'll take a look at uh, some local sports that are on tap for tonight. We got our first high school girls basketball games of the season. Brand new a year begins, tips off tonight and uh, so we'll take a look at uh, that and of course we'll hit up on uh, some high school football that happened over the weekend there as we're getting down to the nitty-gritty of course thanksgiving weekend is uh, coming up is upon us so that means we are one step away we're in the semifinals in high school football and we'll take a look at uh, some of the remaining teams there and we're fortunate enough to have one of the uh, coaches joining us here on uh, the uh, program and uh, has he has as he has all season long coach Duckett from Shelbyville, one of the four teams is still fighting for a playoff, or still fighting in the playoffs, and he'll be uh, coming up in the podcast to talk about his quarterfinal win and take a look at the uh, semifinal matchup this upcoming uh, Saturday for them, and we'll take a look at the rest of where the uh, classes stand uh, there, but not a lot of teams out there for the local area uh, still up for grabs in the final four. Uh, but we'll take a look at uh, those uh, coming up. And, of course, we'll hit up on uh, some NFL as well. Of course, the talk of the town is the uh, NFL. So we'll hit up on uh, that, what happened uh, there yesterday, and uh, what is going to go down uh, tonight with the Monday Night Football game, Denver versus uh, Buffalo 
on a tap four this evening, as well as in uh, probably in the podcast, we'll get to our pick'em game and a recap of that. See how we did this weekend. We'll recap the entertainment that we had. Of course, I only had that one entertainment with Rutgers and Iowa, but Eric had a lot more. So we'll take a look at mm-hmm. that. And as I understand in the podcast, he's got something for NASCAR as well that yep. could be classified as a rant. Yes. Coming about up. why casual fans will never be fans of NASCAR. Mm. Oh, those casuals, gotta love them. And I guess that's what we're talking about in the podcast with and the NASCAR. History. So stick around for that. And of course, yes, what happened on this date in sports history. Coming up in the pod as well, of course, you can find that podcast wherever you find your favorite pods itunes spotify and the website femradio.com is also a good place to uh, find that as well and of course the uh, starting lineup is uh, brought to you by mcmahon meets tingley insurance agency a worth computer repair in a Tetopolis state bank we appreciate them for us uh, sponsoring the uh, program all right so we got a lot to get to here on this overreaction on monday so uh, let's get to it and uh, let's hit it up and uh, let's talk about first things first before we get into the show. First things first. And that's where we're starting off in. Uh, We're starting with football. We're starting off in high school football there from uh, Saturday as the uh, final fours are uh, set across the uh, different uh, classes. And we only have two two area teams left fighting for playoff positioning and are still alive in the uh, semifinals. And uh, we uh, first start off in uh, Class uh, 2A, like we mentioned, uh, Coach Duckett coming up a little bit later in the uh, podcast. But the Rams, they got the win. They got the dub over Breeze Modern Day there on a Saturday as it was a back-and-forth contest. Mm-hmm. But uh, Shelbyville ultimately came away with the uh, seven-point victory, and it was 28-21 was the final. So Shelbyville moving on they're moving on back in the semifinals and they did it by beating modern day on saturday yeah and and like you said you know at the half travis it was 14 to 14 um this was a a back and forth game um and then in the the third quarter uh you know modern day came out scored first uh about 10 minutes left to go in the third quarter made it 21 14 shelbyville would respond uh with about four minutes left to go in the third quarter uh and they completed a two-point conversion which gave them a, a one-point lead at that point, 22-21. And you're like, okay, maybe Shelbyville can do this. Maybe they can hold it off. And then they scored at the very beginning of the fourth quarter. kind of gave themselves a little bit of uh, room, 28-21. Uh, missed the extra point, which the extra point there would have been huge because it would have made it a you know an eight-point game. But instead, it was just seven. Modern day had a chance. And they threw an interception with a minute to go, driving, uh, less than a minute to go, driving, uh, and on Shelbyville's own 20-yard line. So that Shelbyville defense, which not a lot's been talked about, the Shelbyville defense all year, Mm-hmm. they came up big and made a stop when they needed to, getting that interception to seal the deal. Yeah, over the past uh, two seasons, their defense is kind of flying under the radar mm-hmm. with uh, how high-powered their offense is, but they uh, came up and they stepped up huge when they needed the most there, and we get into that uh, there with uh, Coach Duckett talking about that huge two-point conversion, and it was uh, Brody to uh, Brady, BAME, and uh, just kind of a little bit of, they were in a little bit of a hole with a penalty being uh, called on them there on the two-point 
two-point conversion and then uh, ended up converting there and then that huge score in the fourth quarter to give them that seven-point cushion and that's just what they needed to uh, get them over the top there and uh, you know ultimately back and forth game Chevyville ultimately ends up winning this and coach Duckett mentioned that uh, it was kind of they won the battle of a attrition in the trenches and kind of wore in modern day uh, out a little bit there in the fourth quarter yeah and Travis again you know I want to spotlight that defense this far in the playoffs Travis they've given up 0 13 and 21 hmm. in their three games in the, in the playoffs this year yeah so let's give the defense some love because that that Shelbyville defense yes the offense is high powered and it's what's talked about but that defense is doing a great job because they tr- shut down Trenton Wesley into nothing. Vandalia, they only gave up 13 points, then only giving up 21 to Breeze Modern Day, who scored 40 and 27 entering uh, this game in the, in this third round. So mm-hmm. uh, kudos to that Shelbyville Ram defense. Right, yeah. So uh, Shelbyville picks up uh, their win at number 11. And uh, like I mentioned on Friday, that even the teams where they got to the semifinals in 2016 and 2017, uh, they only had 10 wins. So mm-hmm. uh, now Shelbyville in unfamiliar territory, uncharted waters a little bit with the 11th win in uh, school history. And I would uh, say that that's the most they're in a recent memory. And uh, the first time since the Rams are back into the semifinals since those 16 and 17 years with uh, Coach Duckett mm-hmm. under the uh, helm uh, there. And uh, so uh, Shelbyville won a step away from playing on uh, the uh, state championship uh, game on Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, they'll have to uh, wait and uh, see about that on a Saturday because we thought about a potential rematch would be happening with Nashville, but uh, not to be as in the uh, top half of the uh, southern bracket. It was Athens picking up the win over Nashville 20-27 as Nashville missed a field goal there at the end of the game. And uh, that was obviously one point difference, but uh, Nashville almost went in that game, almost set up a rematch Mm -hmm. uh, in week nine of the last game of the regular season, but not to be it's Athens. Who's going to be taking on a Shelbyville on Saturday. Yeah. And like you said, Nashville led this game with 10 minutes to go. They led 21, 14 Um, Athens came back, scored again uh, with nine minutes left, tied the ball game up. um, And then uh, missed extra point was, all that mattered with four minutes left to go, and unfortunately that uh, Nashville defense couldn't stop Athens from scoring uh, with less than a minute to go, and then they made the point after, and that was all all it took. Mm-hmm. So uh, no common opponents between Athens and Shelbyville besides Nashville, mm-hmm. who beat Shelbyville week nine, and Athens beat this past week. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, Athens ten and two on the uh, season, and uh, that game will be in uh, Shelbyville. I believe that start time is at two o'clock. I believe uh, there in uh, Shelbyville. Either way, it's going to be in Shelbyville. So mm-hmm. uh, what a raucous atmosphere it was there oh, on yeah. a Saturday against Modern Day. It'll be even more amped up on a Saturday mm-hmm. against Athens. Uh, there and then on the top half of that uh, 2A bracket in the north it was Wilmington picking up the win over Seneca the number one seed and that was a 20 to 14 final and then uh, Moreau Forsyth beat Bloomington Central Catholic in easy fashion 35 to 11 was the final score there so the semifinals in the north is Wilmington against Moreau Forsyth Mm -hmm. there to see who will go on Thanksgiving weekend one o'clock next Friday at Hancock Stadium there on the campus of Illinois State there for the state championship game 
in a 2A. And then in the other one that we were looking out for in our area was Mount Carmel as they made the trek up to uh, Tolono where they've had uh, some uh, trouble in the uh, postseason in years past while we chronicled on Friday. It was not to be on a Saturday as Mount Carmel's offense was just too much for the Rockets to handle and they put up 56 points to the Aces and it was a 56-46 win for Mount Carmel as they finally get that monkey off their back. They finally beat Tolono. They beat Goliath, and uh, they win, and they're on to the semis. Yeah, but I'm sure for a moment, Travis, you look at the box score, you look at the final score, and you think, oh, this was an easy Mount Carmel win. At one point, Travis, in the third quarter, Mount Carmel was up 28-9. to mm-hmm, yeah. The fact you let them get it to a 10-point game, if you are a Mount Carmel fan, you had to be going, uh-oh. Yep, here we go again. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Because, again, 28-9, to 9, you're up with 11 minutes left to go in the third quarter. It should be taken care of. You're up 42-30 to 30 to start the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, you should have taken care of business. It shouldn't have been a 10-point game. Yeah, well, it looked like to me from the box score perspective that every time uh, Tolono scored yes. and tried to get back into the game, uh, Mal Carmel would get right back into the end zone and get that uh, cushion back. Uh, there's what it looked like to me. And to be fair, Tolono Unity's final score came with less than a minute to go, so mm-hmm. it kind of made the numbers look a little worse. bit closer. Yeah. Than, than what it actually was. So, mm-hmm. uh, congratulations, Mount Carmel, going back to the the semis, and uh, you know they'll they'll face a opponent that is kind of you know a former member of our area. We'll mm-hmm. say right, yeah, because it was uh, Roxana who won over Stanford Olympia, and they also put up fifty six points, and it was a fifty six thirty win over Stanford Olympia there. So you got Mount Carmel squaring off against Roxana in Roxana there on a Saturday. And you got 11-1 aces against Roxana, 12-0 on the season. And Travis, even though they're not a part of the South Central Conference anymore, I'm sure the South Central Conference was happy that Roxana beat Stanford Olympia because Stanford had beat Litchfield and Greenville. Oh, so they yeah. knocked out two South Central schools. So maybe Roxanne, even though not a part of that conference anymore, was like, hey, <laughs> That's we got right. you. We got yeah, you. Possibly. For old time's sakes. <laughs> For old time's sakes. Possibly. <laughs> I don't know what kind of uh, feelings there are. Well, yeah. There, no, that's true. That's true. <laughs> But so for yeah, old time's sake. So, yeah, Roxana, Mount Carmel in Roxana on Saturday. That should be a good one. Mm-hmm. And uh, also it was a big day there on a Saturday for uh, Blaine Sisson, the quarterback for the Aces. He had five total touchdowns yeah. in uh, the uh, game. And that was also significant because some news came out about Mr. Sisson about uh, he has uh, switched his commitment. He, uh, I think it was on just this past week, he picked up an offer from Illinois, and originally he was committed to a Carbondale SIU. Ah, he switched. He's going to Champaign now. I mean, to be fair, I mean, if you had an offer from one of the NCAA schools, the big ones, mm-hmm. you'd probably switch too. Yeah, so he had just switched. Yeah, I guess he's going to live out his dream yeah. and uh, go to uh, the U of I yep. now. So yep. uh, that was definitely awesome to hear. And uh, glad that you're joining the right side mm. there, Mr. Sisson. So good choice. SAU is not the wrong side. It's too far south. It's just kind of like, you know, the, the cousin you don't want to invite to family gatherings, but you got to. 
Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, ah, I got, I, I saw you, I guess we'll invite you. I'm just saying, that, that university uh, we used to be prestigious, maybe not so much now. I saw you? Yeah. Well, I mean. It, it, maybe not so much now. Eh. It used to be a destination. Destination college. Partiers, yes. Not anymore. Not anymore. It's fallen. It has. I think so. But hey, the sports program's still okay. Right? Yeah, still going strong. Team's still pretty good. Salukis. Yeah. Still going strong there. Yeah. But basketball. Not uh, so that was. Uh, yeah, you don't talk about basketball no, that much. But uh, so that's what's uh, going down. So that was nice to see. Uh, there and on the top half of that uh, 3A bracket, yeah. uh, Eric's uh, sixth favorite team, uh, Byron, they picked up the win. They put up another big score, 63-15 over Dupec there. So uh, Byron's into the semis. Du- and- Dupec, Travis, who last round put up 50 uh-huh. against Stillman Valley, put up 34 against Oregon, two teams that Byron has already beat this year. And then Byron just came out and totally thrashed them and we get our matchup in the semifinals that a lot of people in the north were wanting uh in byron and uh, montini mm-hmm. that's gonna be a good one right yeah it should be a montini got the win over princeton there yep. 27 to 9 to advance to the Mon- semis montini is a six seed but they're not a typical six seed sure yeah seed is very conce- uh, deceiving yeah uh they're uh, for sure. So uh, that's what's going down in the semis of the uh, north. Let's take a look at the other ones that don't involve early area teams in 1A. We had a Camp Point Citral pick up a win for small schools everywhere over Belto Altoff Catholic. Yeah. They won 42-22 over uh, them. So they advanced to uh, the uh, semifinals there. And uh, Greenfield Northwestern picked up the win in convincing fashion over Assessor ending their year 44 to 16 was the final there yeah you know and and a, a tough way to end it for Sesser there but uh this greenfield northwestern team obviously saw them last year uh mm-hmm. looking forward to that semifinal matchup between camp point central and greenfield northwestern two undefeated teams this is what you want you want two undefeated teams here uh standing you you knew you were going to get at least one mm-hmm. um based off of uh Sesser and greenfield both being undefeated so right. uh that's what we want and that game will be in a camp point yep. on a Saturday. In the top half of a 1A, you got Lena Winslow, who uh, defeated uh, uh, Kiwani there, Westfield, uh, Weathersfield, 30 to nothing was mm-hmm. the final there. And Chicago Hope Academy won a big time 57 to 7 in their contest. So uh, Chicago Hope Academy is going to be the host school there yep. for that semifinal. Matchup, uh, let's see, in uh, 4A in the south, we had Rochester win convincingly over yep. Breeze Central, 49-13. And then it was uh, Murfreesboro get the uh, last second win over Harrisburg, 25-20. to uh, 20. Spoiler alert, this won't be the last time you hear from uh, Murfreesboro oh. in this program coming oh. up on the top three, mm. potentially. Uh, so it's going to be Rochester making the uh, trek to Murfreesboro there on uh, Saturday to see if the... Uh, uh, Rockets can get back to the uh, state title game after being denied there yep. uh, last year. And again, the one seed versus the two, just as you drew it up, unlike mm-hmm. the North. Unlike the North, that's right. The four seed, uh, Wheaton Academy, they uh, got the win over Sandwich, 42-7. to And then uh, St. Lawrence picked up the win over IC Catholic, 24-20. So you got the four versus 11 yeah. in the North. Oh, Travis, if you... And St. Lawrence is the host. If you think that's weird... Uh huh. Just, just you click over to our next, uh, our next class, Travis. 
And uh, 5A? 5A, yeah. Yeah, it gets a little crazy there in the South. Joliet Catholic Academy, they won over Morris in convincing fashion, 49-7. to And then uh, New Lenox Providence Catholic, they got the win over Highland, 21 to nothing. So uh, it's a 12 versus 15 matchup there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Joliet's the host. Yes. However, to be fair to Morris and Highland, they were the best 5A public school. So there you go. Uh, because you go. all that's left are private schools in the 5A level. Mm. Yeah, and then in the north, you got uh, Wheaton St. Francis. They're the eighth seed. And then uh, Nazareth Academy is the 15. Yeah. And they advanced. So yeah. you got the 8 versus 15 up there. Right. Exactly how you drew it up. And the 15th seed is host, hosting the semifinal mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's kind of crazy. And just so, uh, just because it's me, I just want to update everyone East St. Louis won. Uh, they beat Kankakee, so they will be in the semifinals taking on Washington, who beat Chatham Glenwood. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know how I feel about East St. Louis. So. Yep. And they're one win away. Yep. Potentially back to state. Playing on Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, Hancock Stadium, 1 o'clock. There's the 6A title game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there so uh that's a little update yeah. there for high school football before before we completely leave and we never talk 8a but i just want to we talked about all the craziness and all the lower classes mm-hmm. 8a travis nothing it's one five on the top and it's two three on the bottom it's mm. it's lacking any craziness in the 8a level so b- better teams and at least as you get bigger are rising to the top mm. yeah so and maybe that's a seating problem yeah Potentially. No, I'm opening up a can of worms. Yeah, that I know you are. Big topic uh, to tackle there, but we'll just leave that there for yes, another day. Yes. Uh, so that'll do it for uh, football. We're on to the uh, semifinals, and uh, good luck to uh, those teams that are still uh, playing. Always good when you can still be prepping games when you're trying to make plans for Thanksgiving yes. as well next week for sure and uh, so uh, we'll switch things up we'll talk about some more local sports uh, coming up we'll be talking about those uh, volleyball matches up at uh, state this past weekend and the very first games of high school girls basketball on tap for tonight as well coming up here on the starting lineup the starting lineup from 98.9 the game studios we'll be right back This is Lucas Kroening with a message from the FNM Fire Department. As a firefighter, I've witnessed the devastating consequences of vehicle accidents. Let's stay focused. Distracted driving kills. Keep your eyes on the road and off your phone. Buckle up. Seatbelts save lives. It's a simple action that can prevent serious injuries. Also, let's protect our little ones. Use proper car seats for children to ensure their safety. And always check the back seat. Don't forget about loved ones or pets before leaving the car. Let's prioritize car safety. Together we can save lives. Shop Black Friday now at Rule King before it's gone. Clean up on this week's Rudy special. Irresistible bath tissue or paper towels, now $3.49 each. Save $10 on Country Road Mineral Tub Cattle Feed, now $54.99. And take $50 off a Milwaukee M18 Cordless 2-Drill Combo Kit, now $149. Shop Black Friday now for unbeatable deals while they last at RuleKing.com or your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. 
ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. And now, they play tonight. Tonight against Michigan. If you're listening Wednesday. The starting lineup. It's not going to happen. I mean, Michigan's overrated, but... Travis mm-hmm. going to be so let down tonight. I'll report about it on Saturday. On 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup on 98.9 The Game, ESPN Radio. Just got done uh, talking about uh, the uh, football uh, playoffs from uh, this past uh, Saturday. Let's take a look at uh, what was going on up in uh, Bloomington, up in Redbird Arena for the uh, volleyball matches as we had a volleyball stay there on Friday. We told you about uh, St. Anthony uh, falling in their game and then sliding into the third place game there. And uh, they ended up taking the win there on Saturday morning as uh, they picked up the win over Sisney Park. And that one was a three-setter. St. Anthony won the first set 25-14. Sisna Park won the second set 25-23, but then uh, St. Anthony getting the uh, dub in the last set 25-23 to uh, finish in a third place in the uh, state in uh, volleyball. So congratulations there to uh, St. Anthony, their first trip to the uh, volleyball state tournament, and uh, they come away with a third place trophy. They end up finishing the season 33-9 and there on uh, the year on a fabulous uh, third place finish. There in state. Yeah, their best ever finish. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the uh, Bulldogs welcomed home there on a Saturday. Looked like a, a good time uh, there. And in the uh, championship game, it was the team that ended up beating St. Anthony on uh, Saturday or on Friday. Get the win. Uh, Glenna, they got the win over Hartsburg as they won a two sets, 25-23 at 25-16. Therefore, the uh, state championship for them. In a Class 2A, the uh, third-place game went to Rock Falls. They beat Carmine White County in three sets, 27-25. Uh, Carmine White County won the second set, 25-21. And then Rock Falls won the third and final set, 25-14, to take home a third place. And it was a breeze. Modern day, they fell in football, but they rose in uh, the volleyball state championship game. They're state champions there. They beat IC Catholic, 25-21, a 25-22. So a breeze. Modern day. State champions in a volleyball. Uh, they're picking that up on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And in a 3A, the third place game, we got uh, Chicago is St. Iguanas College Prep. They uh, took down Morton, and that was in uh, three sets. And in the championship game, that's where we saw Lincoln. Unfortunately, following an exciting uh, championship game there, but it was a Wheaton St. Francis. I told you about the uh, dynasty 
that they have there, and they ended up getting the win over Lincoln in three sets. Lincoln did take the first set, 25-23, uh, but then Wheaton St. Francis comes back in the second set, 25-23, and then a 26-24 final in the third and a final. The set had some impressive rallies uh, there in an entertaining championship game, but ultimately Lincoln Falling a little bit short, but ended up taking second place in a state mm -hmm. uh, there. So uh, you got, I know Lincoln not a part of the Apollo anymore, but, um, you know, finishing in second place there. Modern day, taking the state championship in St. Anthony. They're in a third place. So all in all, a successful uh, day uh, there mm -hmm. in state in volleyball. So... That season is done. Come to a close. Football is getting close to ending. So when one sport ends, another begins. And we got our first time. We got some local sports for you today. And for the first time this season, we got high school girls of basketball. It tips off tonight. NTC teams are involved here with Brownstown St. Elmo making a trip to Cumberland. And Nioga starts off the season against Central A&M. And then Cowden Eric Beecher City travels to Farina to take on South Central this evening. FEM is also in action tonight. They are making the trip to Robinson to take on the Maroons. Uh, Mohamed Seymour, they're up in Prairie Central at their Thanksgiving tournament. And they're against Ottawa tonight. Uh, some Lincoln Prairie uh, teams that are involved in the Moreau Forsyth, the tournament, Unity Christians taking on Moreau Forsyth, and Argenta is against Champaign, uh, St. Thomas Moore. Uh, Shelbyville is hosting Oka Valley. Westfield it is at Heritage. Arcola hosting Oakwood. And Macon Meridian is at Arthur Lovington at Wood Hammond. In the Little line you have Marshall traveling to Tuscola to take on the Warriors and the North American Lighting Thanksgiving tournament there in Paris begins tonight with a couple of area teams there. Charleston taking on Terre Haute North at 515 and Danville going up against Paris at 645 there. In the Central Illinois Conference, you got South Fork at Warrensburg-Latham and you got Clinton. They are at their own Turkey at Tussle that they have Great in the tournament name, by there. The way. Yes, absolutely. And in the South Central Conference, you got Greenfield at Staunton, Piasol hosting a South County and a North Mac at Auburn uh, there in the first set of games for girls basketball. And and b before we, we move on, Travis, I, I find this intriguing. And I guess boys do it, you know, other than, than Altamont. But I, I find it intriguing about the decision to start with a tournament right out of the gate. I know a lot of boys' teams do it, but with girls, there's that extra added week mm -hmm. where you could just get a couple regular season games in, kind of work off, work off rust, get ready, and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. jumping right into a tournament week one, right. it's a little surprising. And then, and, and again, I've never claimed to be the most knowledgeable person when it comes to basketball, but starting out, Count here at Beecher City at South Central, that's, an, that's a conference game. Mm -hmm. Starting right out of the gate with a conference game is is intriguing to me. Right. I mean, you yeah. would think you'd want to kind of push those towards the end of the season, or at least after a couple games, give you some mm -hmm. reps. But I don't know. That's now nah, just jump right into jump it. right into the deep end. Exactly. Let's cannonball. Go. Let's do it. So uh, <laughs> might as well. I love that we're getting basketball back, and uh, you know we'll have basketball back on our airwaves starting tomorrow as well. That's right. Yeah. You know, Altima. They. I think this is the 
back-to-back seasons that I can remember. They are up against Vandalia mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow night, but then they got a conference game against uh, Stu Straws later in the week as well. So maybe not the first game starting off with a conference game uh, there with them, but I do remember them basketball seasons yep. uh, starting off uh, there pretty early in a conference play uh, there. And then, yeah, like you said, the the girls starting a week early. Uh, you will see some uh, tournaments next week, uh, including the uh, Bob Kearns tournament there in uh, Newton, which mm-hmm. Altima is involved in uh, there, which will bring you, be bringing you coverage there. And, of course, uh, the uh, other tournaments uh, beginning next week for boys basketball as we get that season uh, started uh, there so uh, yes very excited for uh, high school basketball to uh, be beginning and a uh, nice to uh, see some scores finally uh, rolling in here uh, tonight and get the uh, ball rolling yep on the uh, girls season and then next week getting into a full swing with the uh, boys season uh, there so uh, we'll talk more about that uh, out to my game uh, tomorrow and uh, their season opener uh, there and we'll check out all these results from these games tonight mm-hmm. in a game one of that season on a tomorrow's show. But uh, let's uh, take a break here and uh, let's uh, come back. Let's hit up on some NFL action uh, from uh, yesterday. We had some exciting games, a lot of games going down uh, to uh, the uh, wire yesterday, and we'll hit up on uh, that coming up next here on the Star Lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. You might watch your bottom line shrink if you don't account for burglaries, on-site accidents, and other unpredictable misfortunes at your business. Pekin Insurance offers comprehensive business coverage that lets you focus on what's important, employees, profits, and peace of mind. Ask your local Pekin Insurance agent about commercial insurance products or learn more at PekinInsurance.com. In Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. Hey, son. How are you feeling? Um, I'm fine, Pops. What's on your mind? I just... I can't explain it. Navigating without a compass. Eyes waiting. Started to wander. Metamorphosis. Lost of who you thought you was. When your kid can't find the language, help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at sounditouttogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. The most fantastic, magical things can happen. And it all starts with a wish. Wise words from Jiminy Cricket. A wish is a magical thing, especially when it comes from the heart. Cromwell Media Group of Effingham and Culver's of Effingham continue to partner together for their Christmas wishes. Granting Christmas wishes this Christmas season for those in need of a little extra magic. Send your letters to P.O. Box 428 Effingham. Email to WCRC at WCRC957.com or at Culver's in the Christmas Wishes mailbox in Effingham. Letters will be accepted now through November 28th and will be granted in time for Christmas. Letters need to include details of the situation, your name, address, phone number, sizes, colors, and any other information we may need. Wishes are granted based on situation and need. We hope to grant as many as possible, so get them in as soon as possible. Thank you for supporting Christmas Wishes from your friends at Culver's of Effingham and Cromwell Media of Effingham. 
Cromwell Media Group Effingham, Illinois market is looking for a board operator to join our team. In this role, you will operate the soundboard during basketball and football games. No experience is necessary as we will provide you on-the-job training. You must be 18 or older to apply. If you're interested in a flexible position that will teach you new skills, this job opportunity is for you. Email your resume to Eric Fry, Operations Manager at eric.fry at cromwellmedia.com or drop it off at 405 South Banker Street, Suite 201 in Effingham. Equal opportunity, affirmative action employer. If you're just tuning in, this is Fan 23, Fansville's number one sports radio station. Brought to you by Tasty Dr. Pepper. We are settling the great debate, best third quarter snack, hot dogs or nachos? You know my mantra, Doug. Uh, yes. Meaty Meaty early, early, cheesy, cheesy late. late. Well, it looks like we have a caller here to weigh in. Is this Chuck? Popcorn in the third is the move. What? You go with passive snacking after halftime. No, it's nachos. Look, as long as there's an ice cold Dr. Pepper there to wash it down, I'm good with either. Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Bundling and saving with GEICO is an easy choice, so you're free to ponder life's big questions, like, what's the best animal in the world if not humans? I'd strongly consider ducks to be somewhere up there on the list. Think about it. Ducks can swim, ducks can fly, and ducks can walk on land. They have access to all terrains. They are the ultimate animal. And they wiggle their butts when they walk, which is funny. Yeah, ducks are awesome. End of story. (laughs) Bundling and saving with GEICO. It's an easy choice. And now, I'd think that it would be just funny if Ohio State, after Dabo ranked them number 11, they come in and whoop some Clemson Tiger butt, and the last image of Trevor Lawrence is him crying his eyes out, losing in a semifinals, knowing that he's going to Jacksonville and to NFL purgatory. The starting lineup. So what we found out on this episode of the podcast, by the way, is that Travis is very vengeful and hurtful to others. Absolutely. On 98.9 The Game. Eric Fry, Sports Center Update. Two Blues players had hat tricks as St. Louis crushed the Avalanche 8-2 at Ball Arena on Saturday. St. Louis now 7-5-1 on the season. They host Tampa Bay tomorrow night. Missouri Tiger basketball fell. I'm sure Travis was happy to see that. 70-55. They're outscored 44-22 by Memphis in the second half. They'll try to bounce back when they host SIU Edwardsville tonight. The Billikens held off Illinois State during a second half of their 80-71 victory. They will take on Wyoming on Thursday. Will the Billikens? Other college ball, basketball action from Friday. Southeast Missouri State lost to Butler. It was Southern Illinois crushing Queens of New, North Carolina 91-68. Eastern Illinois lost to Loyola 89-65 on Saturday. Yesterday, Lindenwood was defeated by Dayton. Western Illinois took down St. Ambrosia. Missouri State hosts Oral Roberts today. Missouri Tiger football got the win over Tennessee in a shocking upset. They host Florida, does Missouri on Saturday. Other college football action from the weekend. Lindenwood lost to Bryant. Missouri State beat Northern Iowa. Southeast Missouri State was crushed by UT Martin. Eastern Illinois took down Tennessee State 30-17. Southern Illinois fell to North Dakota State 34-10. And Western Illinois was defeated by Indiana State 27-6. And the Bulls got the win over the Pistons 119-108 in Chicago. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9. Travis Sparks here. Eric Fry over there with the uh, Sports Center reads there. And uh, yes, I, I hated to see that Mizzou. I know you did. Uh, loss. I know you basketball. did. Basketball. Uh, bragging rights. Can't care soon enough. I know. But first, we got to take down Marquette, and then uh, it's FAU. Yeah, right. Before that. Right. 
we'll, we'll talk about uh-huh. Illinois athletics uh-huh. tomorrow on uh, tomorrow's program is when we usually take care of business there. Yes. Uh, let's look at the, some of the NFL action uh, from uh, yesterday. As I mentioned, we had a lot of exciting uh, games, five teams, Arizona, Cleveland, Detroit, Houston, and Seattle converted game-winning field goals with no time remaining in Week 10. That's the most game-winning scores with no time remaining in regulation in a single week in NFL history there. So that's Adam Schefter dropping that knowledge Yep. there. I thought that in addition, that was Travis, interesting. Nine of the 13 games so far in Week 10 have been decided by four points or fewer. It's the eighth week since 1970 merger with that many four-point games and one shy of tying the most done three times. Does tonight tie that number? Oof. Wait and see. Yeah, we'll have to uh, wait and yep. see, bub. Uh, trying to wade through those uh, games, probably one of the better ones was the Lions victory over the uh, Chargers because it was so high scoring mm-hmm. and uh, Dan Campbell going for it there uh, late in the game on uh, fourth and two, but they convert and then they convert the field goal to win 41 to 38 to come off their bye and seven and two are the Lions on the season and a nice performance uh, there in LA. Yeah. And uh, St. Brown in that game had a career high on 156 receiving yards. It's his fourth straight 100 yard receiving game. The longest streak by a Lions player since Calvin Johnson in 2012. Hmm. Yeah, so you know you're joining some elite company there. By the way, Chargers now 0-4 this season in games decided by three points or fewer. Yeah, how am I not surprised? Mm-hmm. Since drafting Justin Herbert, they have 13 losses within three points. <laughs> that are the most in the NFL. Man. You, you can't blame him, right? No. No. Now in the defense. Yep. Gives up that many points, yep. but ah, it just seems like that's where he always is. That's the tro- where the mm-hmm. Chargers always are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, the Texans, they got a nice win over the uh, Bengals, 32-27 in a last-second field goal there, and that's uh, thrust C.J. Stroud yep. getting some MVP conversation noise uh, here on this overreaction Monday. Well, yeah, he's put up 180, uh, 826 passing yards over the last two games, second most by a rookie over two games span in NFL history, trailing just Cam Newton from 2011. It's his third 350-yard passing game this year, tied for the most by a rookie with Cam Newton and Andrew Luck. And the Texans are now 5-4, and four, making the latest into a season. They've been over right. 500 since the end of the 2019 season. Yeah, I did see that. And ESPN Analytics, by the way, currently gives Houston a 53% chance to make the playoffs. Hmm, That's a pretty good odds. Yeah, they entered the right season with a 15%. A yeah. yeah. So, hey, benefit of playing in a weak division. I guess so. That's right. Uh, C.J. Stroud doing good things there as a rookie yep. for uh, Houston, for sure, putting them in nice positioning. Uh, Cleveland, uh, they got the uh, two-point win against the uh, Ravens in comeback fashion, 33-31 oh, yeah. to uh, was the final score there, 41-yard field goal. A game winner for Cleveland. Yeah, they trailed 31-17 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, it's Cleveland's first win after trailing by at least 14 points in the fourth quarter since week five of the 2014 season against the Titans. And the Browns trailed in this game, Travis, for 59 minutes and 20 seconds. It's the most time trailing by any team in a win since at least 2000. As for the Ravens, it marked their seventh loss after leading in the fourth quarter since the start of 2022, tied with the Colts for the most in the NFL in that spam. <laughs> Yeah, Jackson's 12th turnover has 12 turnovers in the fourth quarter overtime of one score games. Uh, the last three seasons are tied for the most in the NFL. So mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, the MVP, I keep saying he's not a quarterback. 
when clutch time's on, he doesn't show up. Two interceptions yesterday. Yep. Uh, fumble as well, I believe. So yep. twelve turnovers in the fourth quarter overtime of one score games. Mm. That that's a lot. It could cost you. Oh yeah. Well, certainly. Yep. So uh, Ravens now seven and three. Browns six and three. Mm-hmm. That uh, AFC North is crowded. Uh, there with the Steelers picking up the win over the uh, Packers somehow, some way. The yeah. Steelers are six and three. Yeah. With that win over Green Bay yesterday, 23-19. So uh, the Cardinals, uh, they won with uh, Kyler Murray back in the lineup there. They won by a two, a 25-23 was the final score there. Kyler Murray uh, being the conductor of that game-winning drive there mm-hmm. to set up the field goal to win it in his return back yep. into the lineup. Yep. So Cardinals win it. Two and eight on the season. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, let's see here. Um, the Colts, they won over the Pats over in Germany in a game. I'm, I apologize to the German people that they had to watch. Right. I mean, I think we're getting ready to start another world war with that game. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Garner Minshew, 18 to 28, 194 passing yards. He wins in consecutive starts within a single season for the first time since week seven and eight of 2019, Travis. Yeah. 10 and six, uh, Zappy throwing in an interception and, uh, having some words exchanged there by uh, Mac Jones getting yelled at there by yeah. Coach O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, the Colts, yes, they got the win, Travis. Jonathan Taylor, 23 rushes, 69 yards. He's been held under 100 rushing yards in 10 straight games. Mm. Glad he signed that deal. Yeah, right? Ugh. Valuable commodity. Pa- again, Patriots, it's over. It's over. Patriots now two and eight. They have the worst record in the AFC. They're on pace for a top three draft pick, and it's been five seasons since they won their last playoff game. Travis, wow, it's been that long. It's over. Hmm. Call in Bill. It's done. Yeah, not good. And I said it before the season that the Patriots have a tough schedule yep. this year as well. So uh, I didn't expect them to look this bad, but yeah, it's it's coming to a close. By the way, this is the lowest scoring game of the season. Just so you know. Mm. So, not good there in uh, Germany. No. Therefore, the uh, Pats. Uh, also, it wasn't good in Jacksonville either. Uh, the Jaguars got destroyed here. 34-3 to was the uh, final score. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy, uh, pretty good. Three touchdowns. McCaffrey didn't score a touchdown, though. Yep. Ended uh, his streak. Yeah, I was listening to that game with uh, Steve Levy here on uh, 98.9 yesterday, trying to get McCaffrey possibly some way, somehow, to score a touchdown. But uh, ended the 16-game uh, scoring streak there for him. Yeah, tied with Lenny Moore for the longest streak in NFL history. Just mm-hmm. needed one more. Just couldn't get it. Nope, just couldn't get it. They tried for it. They tried for it on fourth down when they were up so big, and they didn't get it. So. By the way, 49ers, Travis, have now won 12 straight regular season games in November or later, dating to the 2021 season. It's the longest active such win streak in NFL, and their longest since winning 12 straight from 92 to 93. Yeah, and their demise, I think, is greatly exaggerated yes. there. Three-game losing streak snapped yep. there in convincing fashion. George Kittle also had a big afternoon with only three grabs, but that one long touchdown run, appreciate mm-hmm. that, and 162 yards Yep, as well receiving uh, there. thought the Vikings were also impressive what Joshua Dobbs has done uh, filling in there in Minnesota. They won 27-19. Uh, they were up big there 
in that one. It was 24 to three at the half. So uh, the Saints came back there uh, later in the game. But mm-hmm. uh, T.J. Hawkinson also had an amazing game. He had a good first half, kind of quiet second half though. He did most of that damage in the first. He had 11 grabs, 134 yards, and the Dobbs had that touchdown to him and also a rushing touchdown as well for him first player in nfl history to record 400 passing yards 100 rushing yards and no picks in his first two games with a team mm-hmm. this is his first start with the vikings because he came in on relief last week did, yeah. and second win in 11 career starts yeah it's been amazing who did he done where's his second win his first win you may ask yeah it was week three of this season against the cowboys when he was part of the cardinals mm-hmm. so he's taken down the saints and the cowboys this season Hmm. How about that? Yeah. But yeah, just the what he's done is are uh, really good there in Minnesota. And Minnesota fifth straight win since I started one and four. All of their wins have been with Justin Jefferson on the IR. Ooh, that's right. Yeah, mm. he has been out. Hmm. Is he as important as, as... <laughs> some correlation there? Mm. <laughs> uh, the uh, Bucks uh, they got the uh, win over the uh, Titans, twenty to six was the final score uh, there. Uh, the uh, Cowboys destroyed the uh, Giants and Tommy DeVito there. 49-17 was the final score there. Dak Prescott throwing it all over the yard there. Five total touchdowns Yeah, uh, for him. The Cowboys have outscored the Giants by 72 points this season. That's their best against a single opponent in a season in franchise history. Mm. Cowboys also 11-1 following a loss since the start of the 2021 season. Yeah, there you go. Yep. But... Uh, Tommy DeVito, rough day yeah. there in Dallas. Bad his family was in attendance. One of his family members had his Illinois jersey on there. Oh, I there saw you that. go. I saw that representing the U of I. Yep. Uh, the Seahawks, they were the other team that was the beneficiary of a last-second field goal. They won over the Commanders, 29-26 to was the final score there. And then in primetime last night, the uh, Raiders beat the Jets 16-12 to in a rock fight of a game. Again, I don't know what we do deserve these terrible. The NFL Sunday was great with all those close finishes, but then we get that stinker in yeah. primetime. Yeah, 2-0 and under their new coach are the Raiders now. Um, and with that, can we uh, stop with the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, Greeny coming back? Thank you. The Jets have gone 36th consecutive offensive drive without a touchdown. Yeah, that's that's right. a long time to go without a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why people still are keeping them within striking distance is that this defense isn't bad. Yeah, the offense is terrible. If you, well, you have their schedule pulled up, Travis. Who do they face next? Uh, they got Buffalo coming up next. Okay, that's going to be a hard one to win. And they got uh, Miami. That's going to be a hard one to win. Both Fal- divisional games, too. Yeah. The Falcons. That's a winnable game. You can win that. The Texans. I don't know if CJ Yeah, the way like they're playing. Is. Yeah. It's not a given. Nope. Uh, and then you're at Miami again. Uh, it's the Commanders. And that that's would be, be Christmas Eve, right? Uh, yep. So that would be when Rodgers would come back. So mm-hmm. if you have won two games still at this point, you are not anywhere close to making the playoffs. Yeah. But there he was. He was the on the headset, listening in, listening in on the plays and the play calls there He's not last night back in and Vegas. The team to the playoffs, right? <laughs> we can just say that. Uh, yes, he is coming back. He said it, so it's going to happen. Not to lead him to the playoffs. One of the most miraculous comebacks by an athlete of all time. Uh, there. 
but uh, we're up against the clock and we need to uh, close things out here. We need to close it out with the top three, top three moments from the sports weekend uh, coming up to close it out. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back. Imagine the possibilities with the Topless State Bank. This is Justin Naders. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk to your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. In Teutopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. Our goal at Rue Hall Auto Body is to deliver professional customer satisfaction, the highest quality repair, and a quick turnaround. Rue Hall Auto Body is here to assure you that your vehicle is repaired to its pre-accident condition by our trained technicians, modern equipment, and premium quality parts. Rue Hall Auto Body is located in the former Rick Meyer Auto Body location on Route 40 between Teutopolis and Effingham. Call Jake Rue Hall at 217-857-6150 for all your automotive collision needs. Get big savings and big rewards now during Provember at Lowe's. Right now, save $80 on a DeWalt 20-volt two-tool combo kit and earn three times the bonus points. Redeem those points for offers like NFL tickets to regular season games, a Super Bowl 58 experience for two, and more rewards. Because Lowe's knows savings. Lowe's knows pros. While supplies last, selection varies by location. Bonus points calculated before taxes and fees after applicable discounts, if any. Valid through 11-22. Subject to change. Isn't that aroma just heavenly? What's with the whispering? Inside this grill is the secret to winning game days. Mmm. Eckridge smoked sausage, crafted with a perfect medley of spices for a truly rich, savory taste. So easy to prepare, too. Now hand me one of those buns. Whoa, whoa. Keep your voice down. Marty, you're still whispering? Secrets out, buddy. Eckridge.com has dozens of simple, mouth-watering recipes for everyone to win game days this season. And now... Now, here's the thing. I was just looking at ESPN. They have their team stats, and I almost choked on the water I hadn't drank yet because it says for the Saints, they've given up nine points per game. That's it. The starting lineup. That is not right. It's just the playoffs. No. It's, it's cumulative of the season, I believe. Well, maybe not. It's just the playoffs. No, because they give up. Okay. It is. You're right. Okay. Never mind. Don't listen to me. I'll be sitting over here being quiet. On 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in to the starting lineup. Here on 98.9 The Game, we're only here on 98.9 for just a, a smidge a bit longer. Then we'll turn things over into the uh, podcast. Got your coach Duckett from the uh, semifinal Shelbyville Rams talking about their uh, matchup. And we got Pick'em to uh, recap. And we got uh, some NASCAR stuff to get to as well. Uh-huh. Stay tuned for Eric's NASCAR rant of the week as well but right now we're up against the clock so we need to get to the uh, top three top three moments from the sports weekend so let's go and now it's time for the top three top three in a no particular order but i'll start off with my number three 
I said a uh, spoiler alert at the beginning of the show, but Murfreesboro, here they go again. They got the uh, game-winning uh, touchdown in the very last second, the last play of the game, 31-yard score, and a nice catch by Josh Cano as he tiptoes the end zone there and uh, catches it and uh, wins the game. Therefore, Murfreesboro, good luck against Rochester, but... Uh, they win the game on the last play of the game. Yeah, uh, that's how you always want to win. Anytime you can walk off and get a win. Nah, it was a nice catch to the person that was filming this. Had a nice view right there, right where it was going on. My number one is, we already talked about it, Mar Carmel and Shelbyville both advancing. Um, special shout-out Martinsville. Great season came to an end on Saturday in eight-man, mm. but uh, Mount Carmel and Shelbyville advancing. Uh, it's my number one. Uh, my number two uh, was uh, St. Anthony finishing number three in uh, state. Also, a shout-out to uh, Lincoln as well, finishing in uh, second place in a, a great championship game uh, there against that dynasty that they were up against. But uh, St. Anthony continuing their fabulous school season here. Cross-country state appearance yep. and St. Anthony third place now in volleyball. Well, and Keller winning. Yeah, I know, uh, yeah. Girls cross country. Yep. Um, my number two is uh, the five games ending with winning field goals on uh, Sunday mm -hmm. in the NFL. That's just awesome. Anytime you get game winners, is always fun. All right, yeah, five of them in yep. one day uh, there. And then uh, my number one moment from the uh, sports weekend, uh, it was the Illinois-Indiana game on uh, Saturday. I worked myself into this game. I, I left and wrote it off. I ended up going to the game on Saturday, mm -hmm. and so that's what made it even more special, and they ended up winning in overtime there. Was that uh, John Paddock playing in the game or Tom Brady? Johnny Newton could tell the difference, but ILL, Illinois winning an OT, walking it off there against the Hoosiers. One game against the team you're supposed to beat who you let get back in the game and force overtime. Yeah, that's a difference. Yeah, that's Eric being a little cynical I'm, there. I'm, I'm a sucker for things I haven't seen before, Travis, and Sunday morning I saw something I've never seen and that is the folding of the dome in Germany into the yeah. scoreboard. That is so cool. That was cool. And how, why don't more stadiums do that? Mm -hmm. I want more places to do that, especially baseball. Forget yeah. the retractable roofs, folding scoreboards. Yeah, Let's that was get cool. that going. It was so cool to see. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I want to see it here in the States. So, whoever's building an arena next. Make sure you put a Bears. There make you sure go. you put a yes. yes, let's do it, Chicago. Do it. Foldable yeah. roof. I'm all we know, for it. We know what team is looking for a new they stadium find a place to be to built. Go first. <laughs> there you go. But wherever they decide to go. Call me. I'll design it for you. Make it happen <laughs> there. So, yeah, that video was uh, very cool uh, there. But uh, Bears, make it happen no matter where it is. So, uh, that was our top three uh, from the uh, Sports Weekend. We got more stuff to uh, talk about in the uh, pod, but coming up next here on ESPN Radio is uh, Carlin versus Joe and then uh, Freddie versus Harry following uh, that. Or Freddie versus Harry? It's Freddie and Harry. Freddie and Harry. They're not, they're not against each they're other. They're not against yeah. each other. <laughs> but that's coming up here on ESPN Radio in the afternoon. Enjoy. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game.
Welcome in, welcome in to overtime of the uh, starting lineup. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry still here, and we got some more stuff to uh, dive into. We got pick them to a recap uh, from the football world. We also got Coach Duckett from uh, Shelbyville joining us as well, and we got Eric's NASCAR rant of the week as well. So, and this day in sports history coming yep. at you as well. Yep. Recapping entertainment. Yep. All that good stuff. Yep. 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 But first, before I get to any of that, is there anything on sports that you Let's want to clean up? Sports Center. Blackhawks gave up a third period goal, losing four to three to the Panthers. Blackhawks now five eight and zero on the season. They host Tampa on Thursday. Uh, my page scrolled on me, and I wasn't expecting it to. Uh, we'll worry about Illinois stuff later. College basketball from Friday. UIC beat Little Rock. Valpo lost to IUPUI. Saturday, DePaul fell to Long Beach State. Bradley took down Utah State. Illinois State was defeated by St. Louis, as we mentioned. Loyola crushed Eastern Illinois. Northern Illinois earned a win against Appalachian State. Chicago State beat Southern Indiana on Sunday. Tonight, Northern Illinois will host Illinois Tech. Pacers, they fell uh, to the 76ers, 137-126, as uh, Maxie went off for 50. Yeah, I saw that. He tapped a 50-burger. Yep. Halliburton had 25 points and 17 assists, but it wasn't enough. Indiana is now 6-4 and four on the season. They face the Sixers in a rematch in the in-season tournament game tomorrow night. Whoever planned that is absolutely awful. <laughs> you played on Sunday. Now you're going to play in-tournament on Tuesday. Yeah. Ugh, another reason why this tournament thing is a joke. <laughs> uh, the Astros have their new manager. ESP reports that Houston is set to promote longtime bench coach Joe Espada to the manager position. The 48-year-old has been a member of the Astros coaching staff since 2018. Hmm. So there you go. Fifth new manager uh, in the MLB this winter. Yeah. And I think all the manager spots are now full. Mm. Angels. Nope, Angels have their man. Angels got their guy. Bob Melvin's with the Giants. Craig Council with the Cubs. Mm. Uh, Carlos Mendoza with the Mets. And Stephen Vogt with the uh, Guardians. I think that's... I mean, has there been a replacement for the Brewers? No, there has not. Oh, what if Ross goes to the Brewers? <laughs> Swapping managers. Although there. I heard rumors of him going to the Yankees to be a bench coach, which I think would be a good call. Hmm. Be there with Rizzo. Him and Rizzo. Yeah. I was watching back the 2016 Cubs documentary about the World Series, and mm-hmm. him and Rizzo just had a connection. I mean, he had a they connection did. with a lot of those guys, but him and Rizzo were really yeah, tight. Yeah, they did. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yankees use any help they can get. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Penguins are going to retire the number of a franchise legend this season. The team announced that Yamir Yager's 68 will go into the rafters at PPG Paints Arena February 18th. Mm-hmm. There you go. He'll join the, uh, Michael Breer's 21 and Mario Lemieux's 66. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M is on the search for a new head football coach. The Jimbo Fisher era in College Station is over after the school decided to fire him on Sunday. The move is expected to cost the university more than $76 million to buy out the remainder of his deal. Prices nearly triple the yeah. previous highest known coaching contract buyout at a public school. AM will owe Fisher $19.2 million within 60 days and then will pay him $7.2 million annually through 2031. Fisher went 45 and 25 in just under six seasons as the head coach of the Aggies. Associate head coach Elijah Robinson will serve as AM's interim coach. Yeah, historic buyout there. Oh. That's nuts. Oh. 
And finally, Caitlin Clark keeps making history with the Iowa women's basketball program. Clark broke the Hawkeyes' all-time scoring record during number three Iowa's 94-53 route over Northern Iowa on Sunday. Clark entered the game needing 18 points to pass Megan Gustafson. She finished with 24 points to go along with 11 assists and 10 boards. Clark now has 2,813 career points and counting, and she does have one more full year of eligibility left after this season. Hmm. So she's going to shatter that record. Oh, yeah. So. Absolutely. And that is uh, what I had for Sports Center. That's what you got. Yep. All right. Also, Mississippi State fired their coach. Yep, I did see that. And South Carolina our women are number one after UConn went down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, UConn going down mm-hmm. over the weekend. Mm-hmm. But what I don't understand is that the women's – can have a new poll, but the men don't have a new poll. Yeah, I don't get that. Maybe it comes out on Tuesday? I don't know. I don't know. I think that it would be would be this week because you got the Champions Classic coming yeah. up there, and I was like, why is Michigan State still ranked number four when they just lost to James Madison? Mm-hmm. But they are because the poll, a new poll hasn't come out yet. Well, because Travis, as we know, James Madison does not count in sports. Oh, well, yeah. That is true. Yep. But, hey. Yeah. I guess we'll just have to wait another week mm-hmm. for a new poll there. All right. So uh, let's get to. Let's see. Let's get to uh, recapping. Let's get a recap of entertainment first. Okay. Because uh, it was a good day of entertainment, right? It was. It was. I, I take this. So, first of all, we had Vikings plus three versus Saints. Mm-hmm. They won outright, 27-19. Yeah. We had Cards plus two against the Falcons. They won by two, so it's a push. The Falcons won out, or the Cardinals, Cardinals won were plus out, right? two, and they won by two. So, no, so that's I, I a win. That's, that's good, a win. Yeah. That's a win. Okay. We had Giants plus 17. We knew that was probably going to be a loss going in, but yeah. the number was too big not to at least have a little bit of entertainment with it. On the football field, we had UConn plus 25 against James Madison. I'm happy to report James Madison beat them 44 to 6. I'll Mm. happily take that loss. (laughs) We had Colorado plus 10 against Arizona. Colorado lost 34-31. Thank you, Dion. You get my entertainment and you take an L. I appreciate Uh, it. We, like Travis, had under 28 for Rutgers versus Iowa. Iowa got the win 22 to nothing. 22 to nothing. 22 to nothing. (laughs) It still hit the under. USC plus 15 and a half against Oregon. USC lost 36 to 27. That is nine. So that's a win for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Purdue basketball minus 29 and a half against Moorhead State, and they won by 30. Got it just in the nick of time, 87 57. Mm. So thanks, Purdue, for that one. Yeah. Delaware State basketball plus 31 against Texas. Delaware State lost 86 to 59. That's closer than 31. That's a win. Mm. That's a win. And then we had a loss of, we had Spurs plus six and a half against the Timberwolves on Friday. Spurs lost 117 to 110. So mm. we were plus six and a half. They lost by seven. Uh, uh, that's a that's a tough beat. That's a, that's a tough one. Yeah. And then we had Iowa basketball to beat Alabama State by more than the combined score of Rutgers versus Iowa football. And that was a W because Iowa basketball beat Alabama State by 31. And there were only 22 points scored in the football game. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. 
with room to spare, Travis. We got the room to spare. Yeah, no problems. <laughs> so overall, three losses, eight wins. That's a good. That's a good weekend. Good week. Yep. And who does Iowa have this week in football? Illinois. Illinois. Uh, over under currently right now thirty and a half. Getting the Illinois push. Yeah. I mean, they did just put up 40-something, so you kind of understand that, even though it was against Indiana. Mm-hmm. So. Which we'll dive into that matchup. We will. Tomorrow. We will. And the basketball We'll dive into side. it a little bit today. Well, and look at the basketball. We we did this. New polls are out. Oh, see, you made it happen, Travis. I spoke it into the universe. You did. Michigan State fell all the way to 19. Uh, Illinois moved up two. Number twenty-three now. Nice. Uh, Marquette stayed this, or they actually moved up a couple to their number five now. Yep. So five versus twenty-three tomorrow, and uh, Kansas still number one. Purdue still number two, and Arizona with the win that they picked up uh, against Duke on the road, they are number three now. So they moved up eight spots, and the Duke fell the way to nine. uh, Florida Atlantic. Uh, technically fell to number 10 uh, there. They only want to know. Um, Baylor, they moved up four spots. Texas A&M, they moved up four spots. But the big uh, free fall there was Michigan State. That was pretty much it. Uh, there, at least that's in the coaches' poll uh, there. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got uh, number nine versus number 19. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Kansas, Kentucky, one versus sixteen. The Champions Classic. Yep. At the United Center, Illinois and Marquette in the Gavit tip-off games. That's what they're technically being called. Uh, there. So, seven o'clock tomorrow evening. Six o'clock pregame. Mm-hmm. Ninety-eight nine. Yep. Will number number five go down? First true test of this Illinois team. Yeah, not looking forward to it. We are. Well, one of us is looking forward to it. One of us will be watching that game closely. All right, so uh, let's get to uh, some more recapping here, and uh, let's uh, go ahead and uh, let's uh, recap our football pick for this past week. Pick 'em recap. How well did we do with not very many games on the list? How did we do? Yeah, let's take a look. We will start in uh, the uh, college and NFL action. It was Illinois minus six and a half. Travis went Illinois. I went Indiana. Travis, you took an L there, even though Illinois got the dub. I'll take it. Okay. Uh, we already did Panthers and Bears earlier in the week. Uh, we had Ole Miss versus Georgia. Georgia minus 11. We both went with Georgia. We both took L, uh, W's in that one. Mm-hmm. Georgia won, I think, pretty big. It's like 59-17 or 52-17. Pats and Colts. Colts minus 2.5. They won by 3. So, or 4. 3 or 4. Uh, it was 10-6. Yeah. Yeah. So we each took the Colts there, so we both get dubs in that one. And then 49ers minus three against the Jags, and we both took the Jags. Why? Who knows? But we both took L's in that one. 
Yeah, I don't know why. Yep. All right. Uh, Eight-man football. It was Ridgewood at Martinsville. We both picked Martinsville, and unfortunately, they lost to Ridgewood 28-26. Had the lead entering the fourth quarter, but unfortunately, could not hold on. Did at Martinsville, and uh, their season comes to an end. But a great effort there by uh, the mm, Blue Streaks. Yeah, just a two-point loss. We were all Ouch. in on them. Yeah. All right, uh, Breeze modern day at Shelbyville. Travis said Shelbyville 41 to 20. I said Shelbyville one to nothing. So we both get wins there with Shelbyville, but I get two points because Travis went over. Computer, by the way, said Shelbyville 27 26. Ooh. Only off by a point there was that oh, computer. Man. So. Yeah. And then we did Mount Carmel at Tolono Unity. Travis picked Tolono. The computer picked Tolono. I picked Mount Carmel, 28-21. That was under, so give me two points for that one. So us against the computer, Travis. Mm-hmm. Computer has 36 points and a 19-3 and record. I have 36 points and an 18-4 and record. I'm just as good as a computer. And Travis has 26 points and a 15-7 and record. Mm. But where are we at for the season? Well, if we've been perfect thus far, we'd have 273 points. Travis, you have 102. Okay. I have 103. Hmm. And record-wise, record-wise, 115 and 0 would be perfect. I am at 80 and 35. Travis, you're at 71 and 44. Oof. Ugly record. I'm not proud of that. Hmm. I'm running out of games. Mm-hmm. We'll still have two more high school games this week. Yep. And then we'll have NFL. And then that'll kind of start wrapping it up until we get to bowl season. We got college bowls on the way. <laughs> that will be airing on 99 the game. Hmm. So throwing some pick 'em games in there. Yep. For bowl season. Yep. For bowl season. Very well. Yeah. That's where we're at with pick 'em. That's where we're at. All right. So uh, we mentioned uh, their uh, Shelbyville. So uh, let's uh, turn things over to, uh, to Coach Duckett. As he talks about that game against Modern Day and the matchup coming up uh, this Saturday against Athens. And we go through it here, have a nice conversation with uh, Coach Duckett, one of the final four teams there in uh, 2A. And hear from him right now. Travis Sparks joining us here on the uh, starting lineup is uh, Coach Duckett from the Shelbyville Rams. And uh, still talking to you this week, Coach. And uh, how's it going for you today? Well, having a really good day. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, and also it's uh, important because you're one of the very few teams that are still prepping for football games this time of year, so uh, that's also got to be a very good thing as well. Oh, yeah, we, we, we talked with our kids. Uh, it's always fun uh, when, when you've got, uh, you're playing football after the time change, so it's getting dark at the end of practice and still being able to, to practice and play at this time is awesome. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you guys are still playing football after uh, getting that win against uh, Breeze Modern Day this past Saturday in the quarterfinals, and we'll uh, go through and we'll talk about it here. And it was really a back-and-forth type of game on a Saturday as um, Modern Day uh, they actually led after the first quarter, uh, seven to six. You guys found the end zone. Uh, Brody Bame got in with his uh, first of his three rushing touchdowns, but uh, you missed the extra point there. So uh, Modern Day ended up held, holding the one point lead after the first quarter. Yeah, you know we uh, knew we'd have to weather the storm a little bit. Uh, you know they're a, a, a great team. They they've played some big schools, big competitions. So uh, you know they they were wanting to get off to a fast start, and we had to kind of withhold that and 
withstand it, and we did a really good job, and then we're able to just keep uh, um, chipping away at that and then took the lead on our own in the third quarter there. Right, yeah, and then uh, you also were taking the lead in the second quarter as yeah. well as you had that 14-7 to lead after that two-point conversion, but they ended up uh, coming back and tying it there uh, before halftime, and that's where it was. It was deadlocked at 14 going into the locker room. Yeah, and, you know, for our guys, you know, we, we talked at half, you know, it's a tie game, and you know, we knew they got the ball. We needed to, uh, to you know, have a good outing there. They ended up scoring, I think, on that first drive of the third quarter, but mm-hmm. from that point on, we just uh, we, we kind of took control at the line of scrimmage and ran the ball uh, really well in the second half, uh, and I think we just really wore down their uh, defensive front. Right, I was going to say, you, you never looked back there in the third quarter. You guys took the lead. It was 22-21, and that was uh, late in the third quarter, and that was on a quarterback sneak by Brody there. And uh, so uh, you took the lead there, and you never gave it back at that point in the third quarter. Yeah, we had, uh, there was actually a huge two-point conversion for us on that because uh, they were up 21-20 after that score. and. Uh, mm-hmm. We ended up getting the two-point, or we got a penalty on the touchdown, uh, and it moves back to our two-point was from the 12. Uh-huh. And uh, Brody ended up kind of scrambling and uh, ended up hitting Brady, his brother, uh-huh. and he had to break a big tackle and uh, dive into the end zone and hit the pylon uh, to give us that lead. So it was just a huge momentum swing right there. And uh, then from that point, we, we scored again to kind of give ourselves at least a, a full score cushion at that at that point there in the fourth. Right, I was just going to say that that was a huge score there to put you up seven, a little bit more breathing room than just yeah. by, by a single point there. Yeah, uh, and that gave us uh, a little bit of uh, breathing room. And then we also got down there you know, with about a minute and a half, two minutes left uh, to fourth and goal from the one, and we, we scored, but they called a holding penalty on us, which nah. was uh, unusual on a, a quick dive play like that, that to have a, a holding call that was, you know, it wasn't outside of the, you know, the the interior box. You don't usually sure. see that much, which was, a, you know, kind of a, a disappointing thing. Uh, but we ended up, uh, we weren't able to get it, but we, we held them off there with that minute to go. We didn't let them get a pass. So it didn't end up mattering, but uh, you know, it was uh, definitely a, another momentum swing their direction right before the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also the defense stepped up when you need them the most as well. They had a late interception and a late stop to preserve the, uh, to preserve the win. Yeah, and Brady Bain got that interception uh, after we had taken that score to go up by a, uh, seven. Uh, they they started a little bit of a drive, and then Brady stepped in front of one, picked it off, and uh, got us rolling again. You know, it was just and, and the crowd. You know, it's an exciting thing to be at home, and the noise of that crowd really uh, got our guys going. I think too. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, now you guys are in uh, territory that Shelbyville hasn't been in a, a little while. We always kind of reference the 2016 and 2017 teams that you coached there to the semifinals. So uh, what have you been really telling the guys, and what's kind of the message that you're trying to send them about uh, handling this challenge of uh, prepping for a semifinal game? I know that they've uh, handled all the challenges that have come their way this season, but what kind of messages are you trying to hammer home this week? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna definitely talk about you know it's it's still just another game. Uh, you've got to go out there, and uh, we're gonna keep things very similar to the way we've done practice all year. You know, and you don't want to change out of that routine. You don't want to make it you know uh, too big of a situation. I mean, obviously it's important. And it's a big game, but uh, you you've still got to go out there and play the same four quarters, and it's all the all the same situations there. But uh, it's gonna be a little bit bigger crowd and a little bit more on the line, but. 
uh, these guys are ready to step up to that challenge. Absolutely. It looks like they are, and uh, your opponent on uh, Saturday is going to be the four-seed Athens, and they escaped with a one-point win in uh, against Nashville in the quarterfinals, and uh, the Warriors are 10-2 this season, and their only two losses in the regular season was to uh, Williamsville, and they're a 3A school, and also uh, Moreau Forsyth, who's up in the north bracket. They're in 2A in the other semifinal matchup. So uh, what are you prepping for for Athens from a football standpoint? Well, uh, they're going to run the ball, and we've known that, you know, for years that's how uh, Athens is, uh, uh, what they've been known for is they're, they're a hard-nosed running team, and they're going to they're gonna give us, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're going to see another team that runs kind of like we do, where it's probably an 85% run type of situation, and um, it's going to be uh, uh, interesting to watch those two offensive lines, defensive lines going at it, because uh, it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, a hard-nosed game on both sides up front and uh so uh, you mentioned it there about the crowd in the quarterfinals i'm sure it's going to be even more on a saturday as well since you guys are hosting the game and that's always a good thing as well when you're when you got a big game like this but it's here at, at home oh yeah that's exciting and it's exciting for the community as well i mean you you get a lot of excitement you get a lot of the kids there at the game and it's just good to see the whole community uh uh, support that we've had through this whole year, every year, but it's going to be uh, a fun time for the town. And absolutely it will, so we'll, we'll see what happens on a Saturday coaching. Well, we wish you the best of luck, and uh, thanks for joining us here on the show again, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, hopefully after another win. Thanks, I appreciate it. Appreciate Coach Tuckett for joining us again here this week. Hopefully I have a couple more conversations left in us here for the Rams as they enter the semifinals there. So we'll wish the Rams the best of luck on Saturday there. We'll talk to them next week. And now we'll move on here and let's hit up on this date. This okay. date in sports history. Got three things on this day in sports history. On this date in 1994, Drew Bledsoe throws an NFL record 70 passes against the Vikings. His 45 completions that game were also record at the time. It would later be tied by Jared Goff. Jared Goff. On this date in 1999, Virginia's Thomas Jones becomes the first player in major college football history with at least 200 rushing yards and 100 receiving yards in a game. And the Cavaliers win over Buffalo. Jones rushed for 221 and had 110 yards receiving. Hmm. That's a one-man show. Yeah, I'd say. And finally, Travis, on this day back in 2005, Chicago Bears cornerback Nathan Vasher returns a mixed, mixed field goal, 108 yards for a touchdown, the longest play in NFL history at the time. Mm. I remember that. That was a game the wind was blowing like crazy in Chicago. Yeah, it was. Such a bad wind. But there you go. That is this day in sports history. Let's see. This date. All right. Very well. All right, so uh, let's uh, close things out here and close things out with uh, your NASCAR rant of the week. Okay, so Travis, uh huh, you're a casual NASCAR fan. I am, right? yes. Okay, when we talk about crowning champions in Major League Baseball, it's pretty straightforward, right? Mm-hmm. And in football, pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. The only one I could say maybe isn't quite straightforward is like the Premier League and the Champions League and all that stuff over there with European soccer. Mm -hmm. That's I kind of don't always understand that. 
Yeah. And maybe if you want to say the FedEx Cup is a little confusing, especially that final weekend when the guy who is ahead in the standings gets like a four-shot lead. Or, that's a little confusing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna blow your mind. Okay. So okay. last weekend, we had the three championship races, right? Yep. And Ben Rhodes won the truck, and Cole Custer won the Xfinity, and Ryan Blaney won the cup. Mm-hmm. All three of those drivers drive a Ford. Yep. So Ford swept the weekend. Mm-hmm. Chevy won the manufacturer's title for all three series. Yeah. How does that work? It doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it doesn't. And what they say is, oh, it takes into account the entire year. Sure. But if that does, then why don't the other championships? If you're going to have the manufacturer's thing be for the whole season, then the the cup for the champion should be the whole season. Yeah. Because it's confusing to a casual, semi-casual fan. Now, does a semi-casual fan care about who won the manufacturer's champion? No. No. But maybe they do if they're wanting to buy a vehicle. Because you'll see it on a commercial, manufacturer's champion. Mm-hmm. Chevy, manufacturer's champion. Even though Ford won all three of the driver's titles. Yeah. It's just very confusing. Mm-hmm. If we're going to do a playoffs for the drivers and a playoff for the owners, then let's do a playoff for the manufacturers. Right. It seems pretty simple to me. Mm-hmm. That whichever driver wins the championship, their manufacturer should be the manufacturer's champion. Right. It shouldn't be a whole season thing. Yeah. To me, that's just, it's backwards. Mm-hmm. Like If you want to do a playoff to decide who won, which is the best manufacturer, that makes more sense than saying the entire driver's season is going to come down to a playoff. Like that, that's backwards. Right. It is a little bit. And if you're trying to explain that to a non-NASCAR fan, it makes you sound like an absolute idiot. <laughs> because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Ford won all three of the championships. Oh, so I guess Ford's the best? Nope, Chevy. Hmm. But Chevy didn't win a title. Eh, well, they won the manufacturer's championship. Hmm. It's a collection of the whole season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, w- William Bryan, he, does he drive a Chevy? He does. And that's so, so, I mean, he had like six wins. Right, and that's what it goes on. Wins. Yeah. So that's that's what it goes on. It goes on the whole season and it goes on. So basically, it's a point system that mirrors the owner's championship. Um, points are awarded to the single highest finisher for each car manufacturer in each uh, race. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Chevy Chevy clinched the uh, clinched it a week before mm. it all at Martinsville. Up. They had it wrapped up at Martinsville. Mm. So. I don't understand. Hmm. And it's because Chevy ended up getting more wins than, yeah, Chevy ended up with 18 wins. Ford had eight. Toyota had 10. And so Chevy had more total. Total wins. Because even even the championship race, Ross Chastain and a Chevy won it. Hmm. So Chevy had more total wins in the season. Mm-hmm. So, but. Oh, well, there you go. They it's, won the championship race. It's still confusing. <laughs> I mean, I guess they won the championship race, so that, that at least makes it better. But it's still backwards. Mm-hmm. They still need to fix it. Yeah. 
Yeah, they they do. So that's it. That's all. That's all I had to rant on. Oh, you had. I don't have anything else to rant on because there's nothing going on in the NASCAR world right now. Off season. Yeah, I mean, there's some um, big like late model races going on in the Carolinas and stuff like that, but sure. Other than that, there's not a there's not a whole lot going on. There's not a lot of rumors, although. Um, the TV ratings for that final race, Travis. Mm-hmm. Oh, not good. Not good. Not good at all. Um, so while we're, while we're talking about it, let's go ahead and um, this Cup season averaged 2.86 million viewers. That's across Fox, FS1, NBC, and the USA Network, down five percent from last year, hmm. and the least watched season on record. Ooh, wow. The previous low was $3 million for the 2021 season. Um, last weekend's season finale at Phoenix averaged a 1.6 rating and 2.92 million viewers on NBC. 3.03, including streaming data, um, making it the least-watched cup finale on record and the least-watched fall Phoenix race since 2019. Hmm. It peaked at 3.8 million viewers and declined 30% in the ratings and 9% in viewerships from last year. Hmm. That's not good. No. But I guess it goes along the same trend of how we talked just right. talked about MLB right. ratings since 2019, really. Do, do ratings matter? Yeah. And I, it matters to some people, like the TV executives and everything. And but again, NASCAR is coming up for, should really for media. You know, their media renewal. We already know that the Xfinity Series is going to CW. Hmm. So, you know, the, the Xfinity Series this year averaged 1.01 million viewers, which is flat from last year. They didn't they didn't increase, but they didn't decrease. Whereas Cup decreased and the trucks decreased by five percent. So. Maybe that's something you can look at if you're CW and justify paying what they're paying to mm-hmm. be on there is that, hey, the Xfinity Series, they didn't lose anything. Now, granted, they didn't gain, but they didn't right. lose. They didn't lose. And they're always more on the FS1 USA. Like, they're not on right. the broadcast. Kind of like the secondary networks. Now, going to the CW, is that a major network? Mm, no. Not really. But are more do more people have access to that than FS1 and, and USA Network in this era of cord cutting and streaming? Hmm. I don't think so because I know – well, FS1, I don't know if they stream. But, like, I know Peacock has USA, but they weren't streaming all the races. They only streamed a couple of races. Hmm. So it makes me wonder – what those numbers are going to look like next year for the Xfinity series on the CW. I'm going to be very interested right. in that, but overall not good for NASCAR that the ratings are declining. That means that, well, I don't know. Does it mean less people are watching? Does it mean that Phoenix is just an awful race and no one wants to see it? Right. Like the worst season finale on record. If I'm a NASCAR exec, I got to say we did this playoff so that these networks could have this game seven moment. And it's the least watched finale in record. Maybe we need to try something else. Right. Yeah, I mean, I know that the the championship was kind of still up for grabs there, but was any, like, big names to pull well, in that's the, the people? Other thing. And, you know, maybe if Denny Hamlin was possibly involved, just how polarizing he is and also going for his first title or whatever. Two names. That could have done it. Two names that need to be involved. I, I think – 
if you're NASCAR, the perfect finale you would have wanted for ratings and have championship implications, the four drivers you would have wanted to be in the championship, I feel, would have been Kevin Harvick with a chance to win the championship in his last race. Mm-hmm. That that would have drawn people in, and he's a name people know. Yeah. Denny Hamlin, as you mentioned, because he's so polarizing. Chase Elliott, because he is NASCAR's most popular driver. Yeah. And Ross Chastain. Yeah. If you had those four drivers competing for the championship, I think the ratings would be a little higher. But I still think people don't like Phoenix. Right. Phoenix has a bad reputation of being a bad track. Right. Yeah. I guess that could have also been as well since Chase wasn't even involved in the uh, playoffs and whatnot and everything that he had going on during his season and injuries and whatnot. Right, right. So uh, the most popular driver hurt. didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he was in the owner's championship, but it that's not as important. Right. That's that's important for the teams because that's how teams get paid is based mm-hmm. off where they finish in owner's points. Right, but yeah, but it's not really The general public cares deal. more about the driver title. Sure, so, yeah. It, I think if you're NASCAR, you got to kind of look at something. Now, even with this being said, NBC's portion of the season actually finished with an increase in viewerships from last year. So, slight increase, but still an increase. So, that tells me something I've known for a while, and that is Fox broadcasts stink. <laughs> yeah. They're not good. Now, Kevin Harvick will move into the booth this upcoming season, so maybe that will help. Mm-hmm. But... Mike Joy is as great as he is. He's getting up there in years. He's not quite as good as he once was. And Clint Boyer is just awful. Right. I was going to say, I think he's like one of those guys where I don't think he has a lot of very much casual support. No, he just says support. sayings mm-hmm. and just acts like a, no offense, Clint, a hick from Kansas. <laughs> and it's like. So. I was going to say, the NBC usually pretty informative and that's that's the thing nbc i think more caters to more of a fan and being informative where i think fox tries to be more entertaining and try to draw in casual viewers Mm -hmm. and i don't think that's quite the right direction to go because i think you insult the diehard fans by dumbing everything down yeah and not talking about like the car and what it's doing and how things being adjusted on the car make the car different. Like NBC does that. Mm-hmm, Fox do. does not. Mm. They just want to entertain you instead. And it's, that's not quite the right direction, I think. Yeah. But maybe it's a thing of Fox just being tired of doing NASCAR. I mean, they've been doing it nonstop since 2001. Mm-hmm. Whereas NBC has kind of done it and then they took a break and then they did it again and then they took a break and. Right. Now they're back, but they, they kind of went away for a little bit and kind of reset yeah. themselves. It's true. Whereas Fox is the same. I mean, Mike Joy's been doing it since 2001 for Fox. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a long time. It is. I mean, we're going to be at 23 years straight. Mm-hmm. Right. With one network and one guy leading the broadcast. And that's, after a while, that just sounds old and tired. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, even... As great of an as an announcer as some people are, hearing that same voice for so long doing the same thing, it eventually gets old and it runs mm-hmm. together. Yeah, so. you got to be exceptionally well in order for you to not really yes. get tired or whatnot. Like Vince Scully did it for all those years. I know yeah. it's a little bit differently, but it's like 
I mean, I, I guess even on, I don't know how he did it with the radio and TV mm-hmm. and whatnot. I think he did a little bit of both uh, there, but he wasn't like on, on full time on television. But, right. Um, he still did it for ages, but he was just so good at it, and he was so he and excelled so much. The difference with that, and you want to think of Jack Buck, and mm-hmm. you want to think of Harry Carey, Carey, and people like that, is they had a distinct style and a distinct voice. Mike Joy does not have those. He has a pretty generic voice. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that helps. We yeah. think about those guys who, you know, everlasting. We talked about the Yankees announcers and mm-hmm. guys who are do this forever. I say that guy's been doing it for a while too. They have a distinct style and a distinct voice. Mm-hmm. And through no fault of Mike Joy, I think Fox doesn't want him to announce. They want him to kind of be the center man who throws to everybody else so they can entertain. They don't want him to do play by play. Right. And that's a that's a director problem. Sure. That's yeah. not an announcer problem. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. No. That's, that's definitely true. What happens when people who don't know about sports try to tell you how to do broadcast sports? Well, yeah. That, that'll certainly happen. And whatnot. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, that will do it here for us today. We're going to get on out of here and get uh, going down the road. And we'll be back for you tomorrow. We'll have more to uh, talk about with Illinois sports, basketball. He is up for that game against Marquette. And talk about that Illinois-Indiana game from the weekend. And we'll recap the basketball. I was going to say, it sounded like you were going to jump in there. But, yeah. And get set for girls basketball and recap it from tonight as well. Opening night. Tipping off this evening. Looking forward to it. And until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Peace.